Hello, hello, hello. You are welcome to The Billion Effect. My name is Zubi Opiras and I'm glad and excited that you joined me today on this episode. The past week I had some interesting conversations that I think I want to let you in on. Now, you may already be familiar with some of these. You may have even seen the movies. But while having these conversations, I thought to myself, my God, this is going to change things even way more than we expect. And though I've said um, bits and pieces of it here and there in the previous episodes, I just want to really reestablish this and kind of give a pointer that we can look forward to going forward. So during the past week, a friend of mine was telling me about, we're having some conversations on the future of exponential technologies and how it's going to revolutionize things and the disruptions that are coming. And he mentioned a movie. He said, have I seen the movie Her? H-E-R, her. I said, no, I haven't seen it. He said, are you kidding me? Then he goes on to play the trailer for me. And, you know, I then decided to go check the movie out. And it was interesting. If you haven't seen the movie, it's about a man who develops a relationship with Samantha. Now, Samantha is an artificially intelligent virtual assistant. Personified through a female voice. Right. So this guy has some challenges. His life is not going as great as he could be going. His work, he doesn't find it exciting. He's having problem with his marriage. And in fact, he's going through a divorce. Now, he is reluctant to sign the divorce papers. And, you know, he's just life is not going great. He's at a bad state, at a bad point, which the technology is going to meet a lot of people in, in real life. Right. So he's at a bad place in life. And then he decides to upgrade his operating system. And he upgrades it to something that comes with an artificial intelligence, you know, communication, voice, virtual assistant. And he decided he wanted a female voice. <laughs> and she names herself Samantha. And they started having conversations. And then he started growing closer, <laughs> growing closer to the virtual assistant, to this AI machine. He started growing closer to this AI. And then she says, hey, the problem is you haven't been on any dates. She helps him set up a date. She helps him put his life together and so many things. And this crazy guy ends up saying, I'm in love with Samantha. <laughs> I mean, it was just crazy, man. So he is in love with his artificial intelligence. And in the film, they actually start dating. They started having a relationship, a romantic relationship. It's crazy in so many different ways because at some point in the film, he asked this AI, are you actually having these conversations with anybody else? And she's like, definitely. I'm having these conversations with thousands of people. And quite frankly, I'm in love with hundreds of people. <laughs> oh my God, the guy gets, you know, the guy is, is down that. How, how can she be in love with hundreds of people and all of that? As funny as it may sound, we are likely to see this in our future. I want you to think about this. We are likely to see this in our future, that human beings will develop a closer and deeper relationships with robots, with artificial intelligence machines, with technology than with other human beings. So we need to begin to say, what are the tendencies that we can curtail personally I'm not talking about changing the world this time. I'm talking about you and your environment and your family and your connections. What are some of the things that we can begin to do differently that does not make us victims and make us powerless before technology, 
but actually give us control, give us steadiness, give us stability, give us direction, right? So about two weeks ago, I was having a conversation with a mentor of mine and he was talking about intimacy. He's an expert in how the human mind works and why we do the things we do and beliefs and values and all of those powerful stuff. So he was telling me about some interesting story that he came across that has to do with intimacy. So he was talking about how we have different, you know, different kind of intimacy. You know, we have intimacy with other human beings, with our spouses, our families and all of that. But he also went to describe intimacy with objects, intimacy with objects. When I heard it, I, I was like, this is interesting, fascinating. And it's, it's, it's not so difficult to see that this is a possibility, right? We have intimacy with objects that we become close to the object. We become attached to the object. We talk with the object. We go around with it. We do whatever we want to do. We, we relate with the object as though we have a relationship with another human being. And so the proof is clear from when you, let's say you're a kid and you have a teddy bear, right? And you, you have this teddy, you talk with this teddy before you go to bed or you, you boy, maybe you didn't use teddy, you had a toy, you had power rangers like, like I did. And then you act all of this drama with those toys and you talk with them and you share some frustrations with them and your parents piss you off and you come talk to your teddy bears and, you know, just like the way people have relationships with dogs and cats and pets, right? There was one time um, a pet rock. So pet rock was very popular and sold about, I don't know, about 4 million units of that. People could say, hey, I'm going to have a pet and the pet is going to be a rock. If that can be in our past, I'm telling you, Crazier stuff are in our future. So pet rock, <laughs> that the, the rock does nothing. It doesn't talk back to you. It doesn't relate with you. You and <laughs> you have a relationship with a rock, like with a stone. It's your pet. And you gave it a name. It was just crazy stuff. So he was telling me about intimacy with objects. Intimacy with objects. And if you look at it, we have intimacy with, you know, toys. Intimacy with a lot of things. But right now, what is prevalent is intimacy with our handheld devices, intimacy with our smartphones, intimacy with our tablets. Some people can't let go of it. Now, some studies have shown that the average person picks up his smartphone 1,500 times every week. On the average, 1,500 times every week. That is a lot of times. That is a lot of times. That means you pick up your smartphone on the average around 100 plus times every day. 100 plus times. You're just holding it, just pressing it, just touching it. Now, sometimes you don't even have anything concrete to do there. But you just, you just say, hey, where's my, where's my phone? Where's my phone? And you pick it up and you just press something. You just type one or two things. It's not necessarily significant, but you pick it up, you just touch it, you feel it and you keep it back. Sometimes you just hold it. It's a relationship. <laughs> it is crazy, but we have a crazy kind of relationship with our smartphones. Now, the downside to that is that we are having more relationship with the smartphones on some level at the expense of having relationships with other human beings. I've seen it so many times. Like sometimes I've been in the room with a few friends or some of my brothers and we all are on the smartphone we are in one room but we are not talking to each other sometimes it gets so crazy that we are in the same room but then we are talking via whatsapp <laughs> it is it is a world we live in today 
So you can be in the same room with somebody and you're not talking with the person out loud, you're talking via chat. Sometimes we are in the same apartment, different rooms, you're talking via chat. We are more committed to whatever we have without smartphones. Now, it's not just that it's a conscious, intentional commitment or dedication. It is that it is already a habit. It is already a lifestyle that you do whatever you do with your phone. So there are several people, if they are not making use of their phones or pressing something on it or punching something on it for a couple of minutes or hours, they just not together. They are like, where's my phone? Where's my phone? They just want to touch something and do something and feel something unless they are doing something active like climbing a rock or something like that. So it is crazy. Now, while we are having a relationship with smartphones and, and one of the proofs is that you see two people go on a date and they, they just talk and it looks like we don't know what else to say. And you know what they do? They both bring out their phones and they start pressing it and they start interacting with their phone, interacting with other people in their phones, going through Instagram, going through Facebook, going through Twitter. You're just bouncing all around, going through people's status. Are you on a date or an engagement or a meeting or something? This is serious, man. This is serious. If we think that we have seen something when it comes to interaction and intimacy with our smartphones, let's hold on for interaction and intimacy with AI, with artificial intelligence. More precisely, robots powered by artificial intelligence. Now, in the past episode, I've mentioned one or two robots and artificial intelligence, and I've said that, hey, in the not too distant time, we are going to have robots in our houses, not just our workplace, but our houses. Now, these robots are going to do basic chores. These guys are going to clean, they're going to fold, they're going to arrange stuff, they're going to organize stuff and keep the house together. In a not too distant time, we are going to have that. It may not be in the next three years, it may not be in the next five years, but probably before the end of this decade, we will experience that. What we are going to experience also is that people will begin to develop relationships with robots. And when I say robots, I'm not just talking about the, you know, rigid machines that you see, but robots that are powered by AI, by artificial intelligence. People will prefer to talk to a robot that can interact with them, that will not judge them, than to talk to another human being that may judge them. So this thing about therapy where you go and you talk and you release what you have been bottling up that you couldn't tell another person, but you needed to say it out, some people will actually take all of this stuff and dump it on the robots. Some will take all of this stuff and dump it on their AI or their machine learning protocols. So we are going to see something like that. Now, there are several robots that are in the market today or that are on exhibition today or that are being tested and tried. And people are taking a look at that it's been upgraded and still being advanced and worked on. But there's one amongst many that has gotten a lot of mainstream attention, right? So you may have heard of the robot Sophia. So quite a couple of people have heard of the robot Sophia. You know, she's been on so many media platforms and done many big things. Sophia is a social humanoid robot. It's social. I want you to think about that. A social humanoid robot developed by Hong Kong-based company Hansen. One of the things that is going to throw a lot of people into confusion to say, hey, is this human? Is this not human? After a while. Now, at first, you are going to know that you're talking with a robot. But after a level of interaction, 
after a level of consistency. I mean, that thought just goes out of your head. You have an issue with somebody, you come to the robot and you dump it. And the more you can have such interactions with the robot, you develop intimacy, right? Sophia is able to display more than 60 facial expressions. Think about that. She's able to display more than 60 facial expressions. It means when you are feeling sad, she can connect with you and show you a sad face. When you're feeling happy, happy face. When you're feeling excited, excited face. When you're feeling confused, confused face, right? She's able to display more than 60 facial expressions. In fact, in October 2017, Sophia became a Saudi Arabian citizen. Think about that. <laughs> a, ro <laughs> a robot becomes a citizen of a country. It means that this machine can actually vote. <laughs> oh my God. This machine can actually demand rights the way you, a human being, can demand rights. Right? This machine can actually <laughs> can actually air her opinion because it's Sophia is she now, it's her, her opinion the same way that you can. It's interesting. So Sophia is a little bit more advanced than the regular rigid robots that we see using manufacturing companies. Social uses artificial intelligence, visual data processing, and facial recognition. In fact, Sophia is designed to get smarter over time. So the AI program that is used for Sophia analyzes conversation. So every conversation that um, Sophia engages in, the AI program analyzes it and then extracts the data. And that data allows it to improve the responses that she can give in the future. So every conversation. So this is pure ML, pure machine learning, at work in the sense that machines can get smarter and that in two or three years the machine can know what it did not know in the past two or three years in fact sophia has been so impressive that she has been on several media outlets i mean several i mean several from cbs to cnbc good morning breeding to forbes mashable new york times the wall street journal so many others many many top media companies even to the tonight show with jimmy fallon so i mean it is, it is a breakthrough and even though it is not yet as advanced as it could be some experts are saying it is bs i get that however i think it's progress i, th I think it's progress when it comes to humanoid robots i think it's progress when it comes to artificial intelligence uh, because technology in itself is progressing. It shows that that field is progressing and it's going to get to us. It's going to get to us. We may think, oh, it's so far, it can't get to us. But remember that uh, this, these technologies are exponential. So AI is exponential. Robotics is exponential. 3D printing is exponential. Um, sensors and networks, that is IoT, Internet of Things is exponential blockchain is exponential and, and there's a level of blockchain that plays a role in sophia's internal building and construction all of these technologies are exponential so what it means is that right now they look like oh they are very far before they get here i'm probably going to be very old i'm going to be retired in fact i'm going to be dead well well they're exponential what that means is that they are coming faster than you expect so just 20 years ago before you had a phone it was uh, before you had a decent phone like something that could actually that was colored it was it was breakthrough there were no powerful phones. there were no smartphones quite frankly that could do quarter of what the smartphones today could do 
but in just a short period of time we have seen extraordinary extraordinary advancements we've seen big and huge breakthroughs in different areas one of the most obvious being the mobile computing the smartphones right so in all of these other technologies because more companies and more investors and more resources and more research experimentation is going into all of these technologies so we should expect that the machine learning protocol that sophia as a robot and uh, you know sophia has siblings it has about i don't know eight seven nine ten eleven twelve siblings i can't remember but i saw it has quite a couple of siblings from albert einstein pugo to alice and all of that i mean just crazy stuff we should expect that this is going to make progress that this is going to grow faster than we even expect it. It may not be here in two years, but before the end of this decade, we are going to see extraordinary progress in this field, right? So the goal is that Sophia at some point will become a suitable companion for the elderly at nursing homes. That's the goal, that it will become a suitable companion. But you'd be kidding if you think that it's just going to be for the elderly at nursing homes. Kids are going to have it. Human beings are going to have it. Single people are going to have it. We may even be at a point where when somebody breaks up and the person is looking for companionship, the person go get a Sophia or the equivalent. So we may have something like that or we are likely to be seeing something like that. She's improving. In 2019, Sophia learned how to draw for seven months with collaboration with an artist who teaches AI to draw. So in July 20, 2019, Sophia drew a portrait of the Prime Minister of Malaysia. Also, on the morning show with Philip and Holly, Sophia drew a portrait of Holly. This was, I think, November 2019. Interestingly, these AI machines are learning. They are improving. They are growing. The thing that is bringing about all of this change is not just one technology. It is the convergence of this exponential technology. So robotics mixed with artificial intelligence mixed with blockchain, bringing about these powerful technologies. Now, why did I spend my time to take the past couple of minutes and talk about Sophia? Why explain all of this? You see, the goal of these creators, of these exponential technologies, is to make these technologies like Sophia effective and advanced enough to be mainstream. Their goal is that after a while, almost anybody with a wallet, with a bank account, with a credit card, can have access to them, can pay for them, can make it affordable enough to be purchased. Now, if this happens, and we're already seeing a bit of it in the smartphones and devices and other little technologies, if this happens, human connections will be more critical than ever. Human connections. More and more people are having challenges because of human connections. Now, when you listen to guys like Gary Vee, they says, hey, technology is not changing us. Technology is exposing us. He may have a point. However, technology is conditioning the way we are acting right now. If these technologies did not exist, we would be acting differently. I mean, some people literally live on social media. Some people literally, they live there, they dine there, they eat there. They don't go out of so they are, they are on social media 247. Probably only twice that they are not on social media when they are sleeping and when they are having their shower. But when they are doing every other thing else, they are on social media. This is changing how we fundamentally do a couple of things. When we can have more relationships and closer interactions 
with all of these devices, it begins to affect our level of human connections. Like I said some minutes ago, sometimes you just go to you go to restaurants and you see couples and they are not talking. They are having conversations with their phones. You just do a little talking and they go back to their phones and they punch, punch, punch. Eat, do a little talking, go back to their phones, punch, punch, punch. If you look at it today, more marriages are failing today than ever. Today, there's a lot of information. There's less wisdom. Today, there's a lot of tools and technologies to make people succeed. However, there's also less success in so many different areas. Cut across to so many different things. So, in the midst of all of these changing technologies, in the midst of all of these interactions and relationships and intimacy with objects, with devices, with AI, with robotics, our human connections will keep us more human. Our human connections will keep us more human. Now, this is not something to grow your business, although it can help you grow your business. This is not something to help you reach a billion people, although it can help you reach a billion people. This is something to help you live a more fulfilled life here. What am I talking about? Prioritize your human connections. Prioritize your human connections. It is high time we'll begin to prioritize our connection with our family. Prioritize your connection with your spouse. Prioritize your connection with your kids. I mean, you see some people that are trying to play football or something with their kids and they're on the phone, the, the boy kicks the ball and the, the father is pressing the phone and he, he can't even focus enough to kick the ball back on time. It's important that we prioritize our connections with our families, with our spouse, with our kids, with our siblings, with our colleagues, with your clients, with your customers. Listen, if you do something high-end, you don't always have to send an email. Sometimes you can pick up your phone and call your clients. Now, I'm not saying you should start calling every time. I'm not saying you should start meeting up every time. Everyone that actually knows me knows that you'd have a 1,000% chance at getting to have a meeting with me virtually than to have a meeting with me physically, right? I prefer virtual. But what I mean is that the goal of technology should not be to make us, you know, more digitized. The goal of technology should be to make us more humanized, right? Prioritize your connection with your clients and your customers and your colleagues. Prioritize your human connections. It means when you are dear, be dear. When you are dear, be dear. See, many people right now are technology dependent. Many people right now are technology reliant. Many people right now do not know how to separate their normal daily activities from something as simple as using a smartphone. They are always on it two, four, seven. You can't even have a decent conversation with them without them taking every two minutes to look on their phone and reply 10,000 people. Now I get it. Some people use it to manage their businesses. Some people use it to manage some stuff and the organization and whatever is going on. But for when it really counts. What I've started seeing is that some people are still setting dates with members of their family. So a man draws up his calendar for a week and he says, hey, so on Tuesday date with uh, my son, on Wednesday date with my daughter, on Friday date with my wife, and um, on Saturday nights, you know, family dinner, and there are no smartphones. And you get to get these deeper connections. You get to know um, deeper things that are happening within your family and the lives of your children. So because of we tend to chat so much, 
we do not so much pick up the phone to call our family or call your dad or call your sibling or call your mom and say how are you doing because hey it's chatting it's chatting oh she saw me on facebook two days ago so do i need to talk to her and in some areas i'm guilty of this sometimes but this is what we need to begin to do we need to begin to prioritize our human connections because after all said and done it is the connections we have with each other that is going to be the force that is going to give us the strength to move on in difficult times in trying and challenging times not necessarily the strength you get from robots but the strength the courage the support the help you get from other human beings you see the more technology advances the more human we should become the more technology advances the more human we should become and when i say the more human we should become what does it mean to become human what does it mean to be human it means to show love <laughs> that is not what you're probably expecting from a technology or business podcast but that's what it actually means the more technology advances the more love we show to one another the more love we show the more care we show the more empathy we show it means that you slow down actually to ask somebody how are you really doing yes i know that the cliche answer is i'm good i'm great fine thanks but how are you really doing what's going on right now what are you working on right now right it's important that we slow down to ask people these questions that we ask our loved ones these questions that we show love we show care we show empathy empathy you suspend your judgment you come into their world you take a look at it and then you come out and you know whether you can still pass on the same judgment and you understand what they are going through and you seek to understand them first and you help and we connect so this human connection has been here for thousands of years for thousands and thousands of years it has kept the human race going it has kept the human race all of these thousands of years all of these centuries and millenniums it is still going to keep us and preserve us going forward with the changes of exponential technologies they're going to find solace they're going to find comfort not with robots not with ai not with technology yes to me seem to give some temporary kind of solution but with other human beings with other human beings that you actually find this courage this comfort this solace this shoulder on other human beings and also you be that shoulder you be that courage be that super point for other people going forward people will find intimacy with robots with ai with technology we must prioritize our human connections and deepen our relationships we need to find more courage deepen more relationships with our brothers our sisters our friends our families our colleagues our clients we need to form more human connection i know this is not a regular the billion effect you can reach a billion people make a billion dollars you know make a billion impact but if you want to make a billion impact around the world you are touching humans everything we do we do to solve a problem everything we do we do to bring a solution to make an impact to create advancement for who for robots no way for other human beings and if you are going to actually make an impact you have got to connect you've got to go touch people's hearts people's hands you're going to meet people know people even these days if you're selling something really really high ticket that human connection is more important than ever so i hope this has been valuable to you i hope this helps you rethink a couple of things 
and we do not need to wait until we get to that point where the robots are trying to take over for us to start reestablishing it. It is right now because it is a habit that we develop now that we are going to take going forward, that we're going to apply to every changes and every disruption and every transformation in every industry in the world that we see today. I hope this message sits well with you. I definitely hope that you make some changes as a result. Connect with people. Pick up the phone, call somebody you haven't called in a while. Call a loved one you haven't reached out to in a while. Pick up the phone and call someone you've been chatting with for a long time. You know, hopefully this helps. If you found this valuable, please do me a favor. Share, share it, share it. And subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to this from. If you haven't gone to iTunes to give me a review, please do so. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, thank you very much for joining me. Remember, remember, you can make a billion impacts around the world. You can reach a billion people with your burning message. Heck, you can make a billion dollars with your business. This is Zubio Peter saying half of phenomenal time. Mm -hmm.